All right. Good to see everybody in here. This is Carter Bainbridge. I'm one of the OrangeFizz.net contributors. I was running Twitter tonight, and part of our coverage for this game, as it is going to be all season long, is actually something new we've had in the works, and some of you who have been following along will remember that we've done a couple Twitter spaces as they were leading up to the Louisville game, but now you're going to see ones actually take place after the game. So this will be the place... For the recap, this will be a place to comment, to come in, listen to other fans who just watch the game, listen to the game, or at the game, whatever. But I'll just be going over the game, and if anybody wants to raise their hand and say something, we'll kind of handle it like it's a radio talk show. You know, I'll call on you, and you can say something, and we can have a little discussion. Only thing I ask is that we keep it civil, everything like that. I think that'll be easy to do after Syracuse put on such a good performance tonight. So. Right off the rip, just to recap in this game, in case you missed this one or you missed a chunk of it, in which case I feel pretty bad for you, Syracuse dominated this game. And it's not often you get to say that. It's not often that you're able to say that throughout the years under Dino Babers. But credit where credit is due. The Orange dominated the Cardinals tonight. Capital D, capital O, all the way through the rest of that word. Malik Cunningham, the quarterback for Louisville, all the, the talk, all the uh, highlights, the bulletin board material that Michael Jones gave him, didn't have his greatest game. And I think that was one of your bigger factors because he failed to throw for a touchdown in this game. If we recap the scoring, it was started out with that opening drive field goal, 31-yarder by Andre Schmidt, made it 3 to nothing Syracuse. After that, Syracuse got right back on offense and right back on the horse. It was that 55-yard touchdown pass to Sean Tucker, that little swing pass that didn't travel a lot of air yards, but Sean Tucker did a lot of traveling himself, made it 10 to nothing. Louisville answered back, though, with its only scoring of the night. It was that Tyon Evans 36-yard touchdown run that made it 10 to 7. Sean Tucker, though, answered back with that four-yard rushing touchdown, 17 to 7. That was the score. As it sat through the third quarter, neither team scored through the third in this game. But as this one got down late, Aronde Gadsden caught that eight-yard touchdown wide open in the end zone to make it 24-7 to that really kind of put it out of reach. And then, of course, Schrader with the six-yard rushing touchdown just to kind of put the cherry on top of everything. Made it 31-7. to So all around, really positive stuff from Syracuse. I think if you watch this game, it's impossible not to be pleased with a lot of different things. Number one, the offense. You know, Robert and I, his first game on the sideline as the offensive coordinator, we were wondering how much different it was going to look from what Dino Babers has been throwing out there on offense during his previous six years as head coach. But I think you see a lot of influence there from Anai. I think you see a lot of uh, you know last year's Virginia team, those UVA teams under Anai, that just had more complexity, more intricacies to that offense sending a lot of guys in motion. I mean, motion just about every single play. How often did you see that from Syracuse the last two years? Under Sterling Gilbert, the previous offensive coordinator, who we certainly had a lot to say about on the Fizz, not a lot of it was all that positive. And I think that this game in particular kind of vindicates Anai, and it makes Gilbert's offense look just a little bit worse because you're bringing back a lot of the same personnel, Schrader and Tucker and some of the same receivers, a lot of the same offensive linemen, 
but they just looked a lot more fluid. They looked like they knew the game plan, like they were all on the same page. In the last two years, Syracuse had games where, forget being on the same page, they looked like they weren't even borrowing from the same library. But tonight, it was all good. I think the only thing that you should be concerned about if you're an SU fan, and we can talk about the penalties later, is what the injury report is going to look like after this one. Because not only were there guys going down on the JMA Wireless Dome turf, but they were some pretty big names too. Sean Tucker obviously gave us a scare in the second quarter. He eventually made it back into the game and looked eh, mostly himself back to moderately full strength. Of course, got taken out right at the end of the game just as a precaution. Uh, Marlo Wax got his arm twisted up. Deuce Chestnut at one point was on the field. Chris Elmore was eventually in street clothes on the sideline, as was Stephon Thompson. So those last two names are the ones that you should really be concerned about. Stephon Thompson and Chris Elmore. One guy apiece on each side of the ball. And two pretty mainstay contributors. I mean, Stephon Thompson is your second leading tackler coming back from last year. Second leading sacker out of the guys who are back. So you need him on the defensive end, even though his replacement, Derek McDonald, got that interception. All eyes are going to be on Stefan by the time this team goes down to Rensselaer Field to play UConn next week. Um, it's ideal to have an opponent that's maybe a little bit less tough than Louisville and UConn, but at the same time, you want your team at full strength. So there's a recap for the game, all intents and purposes. Syracuse really just cleaned Louisville's clock in this one. Um, had more first downs, more rushing yards, over 200 rushing yards for Syracuse, 5.2 yards per carry. Uh, 242 passing yards for this team. I mean, all around a very, very solid offensive performance. Syracuse won the time of possession battle, 32 and a half minutes to 27 and a half. And really, Malik Cunningham did not have a very dynamic day. Didn't throw a lot of incompletions, 16 of 22, but did not throw a touchdown pass. He was sacked three times and was intercepted twice. On the rushing end, he didn't drew a whole lot with his legs 13 carries 49 yards just 2.6 yards per pop and the Louisville ground game wasn't really going the whole night I mean Tyon Evans had that 36 yard touchdown but if you take that away he had 12 carries for 55 yards so not a whole lot there for UL and certainly a lot to go back to the drawing board for for Scott Satterfield on that Louisville sideline so in case anybody's joined us since we started, this is Carter Bainbridge on the Orange Fizz account. This is something new we're doing this year, post-game Twitter spaces, where you can come in and listen to other fans and listen to the Orange Fizz takes takeaways from the game, if you will. So as we move on to those takeaways, like we said, designated a, a section for this. So my first thing with this, and if you want, if you want to react, if you want to comment, or if you want to raise your hand to speak, feel free to do so. My first takeaway for this game, you know, someone who sat through it start to finish and who has been a student at Syracuse for quite some time and has watched a lot of SU football, this was as fulfilling and as pleasantly surprising a win as this team has had since, I would say, the, the bowl win in 2018. What comes close? I mean, really, Virginia Tech last year, maybe, but that team was struggling. It's it's not a team Syracuse plays a lot anymore. Liberty last year, kind of, but 
you know, Syracuse should usually beat Liberty. It was only because they were coming off a one in 10 season that we all thought they were going to lose. But seeing the orange today kind of topple that longtime bully figure, a team that has routinely taken its lunch money coming into today, having beaten Syracuse seven of the last eight meetings and having beaten them all seven times by 22 points or more, that for Syracuse, that is a major win. To come out in front of your home crowd and just lay a beat down on Louisville by 24 points, you know, it's, it's a really refreshing thing to see for a team that has gone through a lot of disappointment over the last couple of years. I mean, I think back to games like the 2019 Maryland game that cost them game day, the one in 10 season, the three straight losses by three points last year in October, just a lot of tough stuff for this team over the last couple of years. But this was a breath of fresh air You know, Robert and I's offense, just going on to point number two, this guy is the real deal. And if you check the receipts on what we've been saying about him on the Fizz, you'll see that a lot of people were confident in him, maybe not confident in the whole team against Louisville, but you figured that Syracuse was going to come out and look different on offense at the very least. We didn't quite know what that was going to mean, but if you read our crystal ball stuff today, our predictions that came out earlier in the afternoon, you'll see that we had some stuff that was right on the money. I mean, Robert and I is, uh, is a game changer for all – intents and purposes, Garrett Schrader looked like a completely different passer today. You know, last year he looked unsure. A lot of times he had happy feet, didn't look like he was on the same page with his receivers. Guys weren't open. It just wasn't a system that I think really benefited his talents very well. As a runner, it did, but as a passer, it didn't. So, as you look at the stat sheet today and you see that Garrett Schrader set a new Syracuse career high in passing yards with 237, he beat his previous career high by just a hair. It was 236 against Virginia Tech last year. So he got just one more today in game number one under Robert and I. But how much difference a year makes? 18 of 25 for 237 and two touchdowns. The worst thing that happened for him tonight was losing his helmet twice early on in the game, and Carlos Del Rio Wilson had to come in. Once he got that chin strap buckled on a little bit tighter, he was in command. And keep in mind, he had a couple drops tonight. One from Devon Cooper, one from Damian Alford that was particularly bad, too. So, I mean, Schrader, hats off to him. He could have had an even better night than he had, and he had an excellent one, all things considered. So as we continue on with this Twitter space, I just want to welcome in a couple other of our Fizz writers, our contributors, Cam Azair and Liam Griffin. Guys, if you want to speak up and say something in here, feel free to just raise your hands. I can make you a speaker and you can join in with any thoughts that you have. But to me, one of the bigger positives, just sticking with Garrett Schrader, is that his accuracy and his touch were the main things tonight. I'm not sure he really put that much more zip on his passes. It kind of felt that way. But they felt purposeful. The decisions he made were good. Um, I, I think that there's a lot to be said here, not only for Coach and I, but for Jason Beck as well. The other guy who came over from Virginia, now the quarterback's coach, they're kind of a package deal. We kind of forget about Beck, though, because it's a little bit more of a behind-the-scenes position. 
But I, I think all things taken away from this game, those guys have been doing a lot of work and a lot of good work with Syracuse and Garrett Schrader in particular. So as I move into kind of a positive slash negatives into this game, I know I see Cam and Liam both want to speak up in this one, so I'll yield the floor to them for a little bit. So positives in this game, and before we move on, I just want to mention again to all everyone in here that if you want to speak up, you don't have to write for orangefizz.net to talk. If you want to put something in chat or if you want to speak up uh, using your microphone, we're glad to hear from you. But looking at the positives for this game, Cam, I'll turn it over to you first. What are your main positive takeaways from this game? Anything that hasn't already been said? I really hope that I'm, and you can hear me right, right? Yep, loud and clear. Uh, perfect. I hope I'm not the only one that's more impressed with the seven than I am the 31. That defense was phenomenal. And it's interesting because I've always said that as long as this orange team can just acclimate with that 3-3-5 set under Tony White, with how aggressive the orange defense likes to be and the weapons they have, yes, undersized, but that means that they have the ability to be more aggressive. They don't have to carry the load in the trenches. Once the defense can get it done and really adapt to that 3-3-5 set, I have a lot of confidence in this defense. You look at the recent history in the NFL draft, and a majority of the guys that are getting picked are defensive players. Why is that? They might be undersized, but they're really athletic. And this was one of the first times that I can really laud Tony White and his ability to let his players play. He puts them in this 3-3-5 set. He gives them the formation. He gives them the, the platform to go out there and just play as really athletic players. And that's why, Carter, I know you're talking a lot about Garrett Schrader. You can touch on Sean Tucker as well, over 150 all-purpose yards. But I'm more impressed with that seven, knowing that coming into this game, the focal point was Malik Cunningham. You cause a bunch of turnovers. Without that, the offense isn't what it is. So really, really impressed with the defense and Tony White finally allowing his players to adapt to that 3-3-5 set and showcase their athleticism. Yeah, excellent point you make, Cam. Just rehashing it again for anybody who missed the final line for Malik Cunningham. 16 of 22, so he was efficient with the completions, but three times sacked, twice intercepted, 152 passing yards, no touchdowns, and just 2.6 yards per carry on the ground. So, James, I see you in here. If I can get to your mic request here. All right, James, we're talking positives. You're on the mic. What do you have? All right, a little shy. No problem with that. LG, got anything for positives in this game? Yeah, Carter, first and foremost, I'd like to apologize for the negativity I showed in my crystal ball predictions. I know several found my lack of faith disturbing, but putting the Star Wars references aside, can't talk about how this defense forced seven points, but what's not being talked about enough is the turnovers they forced. A three-to-nothing turnover ratio is incredible, and frankly, something nobody expected coming into it. This SU defense only had four interceptions last year. Carter, they already have half of that, and they're only one game in, and they did it against arguably the most, most dynamic quarterback in the entire conference. And Malik Cunningham, I mean, this guy owned Syracuse each of the last three years. Tonight, the SU defense owned him. How'd they do that? 
forcing turnovers, it's something that Tony White really needs to emphasize going forward, especially into next week at UConn. No, right you are. I'm, I'm glad you said that, especially in the uh, the ball hawking department, because for as good as Syracuse's corners were last year in Deuce Chestnut and Garrett Williams, you're right. They didn't have a lot of interceptions as a defense. Garrett Williams had none last year, which I guess is a product of being such a good corner that you just don't get thrown at. But Derek McDonald had one today, the surprise candidate. And Syracuse, when you win the turnover battle like that, you know, good things happen. So I would say the stock is going way up for Tony White, that three, three, five alignment. And another name I want to drop on defense here is actually Steve Linton. He had a very good game today. If I look up the stats, so six tackles today and one sack. So for a Syracuse defensive line, that has three new starters. Remember, they're losing all their guys. Cody Roscoe, McKinley Williams, Kingsley Jonathan, and Josh Black. Steve Linton today kind of came up to the challenge. He had that fumble recovery. Um, you know, Marlo Wax is another name that was really involved today. Ten tackles, led the team, seven solo. You know, we tweeted about him a couple times from the Fizz account. I mean, really impressed tonight. And you hope that that little ding he got on the arm is not going to be anything that lingers around because if you get Marlowe like that the whole season, he's really going to lock down that linebacking core, especially if Stephon Thompson has to miss any kind of time with what happened to him tonight. And before we move on from the positives to the few negatives we have for this game, I do want to give a little bit of a shout-out to a guy who might fly under the radar today a little bit, and that is Max von Marburg. I know you might be thinking, why is that? But if we recall last year, Syracuse's special teams struggled so badly, especially in the punting department with James Williams, who kicked off a couple times today. But Max von Marburg, your native of Wagga Wagga, South Wales, Australia, if you need a little refresher, punted just three times today, but averaged over 41 yards a kick, had a long of 49. Pinned him twice inside the 20. Really solid debut for the Australian. I mean, all around, Syracuse had Louisville pinned deep a couple different times in its own territory. That's a a great thing to do, especially against such a dynamic offense. We can talk all we want about Tony White's defense today, but if you're giving Louisville great field position every time, there's not a lot those guys can do. So hats off to Von Marburg today. I think a very solid debut for a guy who really had to, you know, circumnavigate the globe to get up here to central New York. I think that's a big positive to take away, special teams-wise. Bob Ligashevsky, new special teams coach, working with this guy. I think you can expect some uh, some fresh things from them this season. All right, so we're moving right along on this Twitter space, on the Orange Fizz account. We've had some guys come in and speak. We've had some longtime listeners to this call. We all appreciate your attention here at Orange Fizz and the support you give our content. Uh, Feel free if you want to raise your hand to speak in this call or leave a comment. But we're close to wrapping up here. We're going to talk over just a couple things that I would say Syracuse may want to clean up for next week. And I think you all know what I'm about to say. Starts with a P, and I'm not talking about time of possession. I'm not talking about punting. I'm talking about penalties. Everyone's favorite. It's 
penalties. More yellow flags on this field tonight than the UN. Just outrageous stuff. Delay of games on a punt. Delay of game on a PAT. And if our numbers are correct, the 18 penalties that Syracuse picked up tonight is a new program record. So 18 penalties for 107 yards. It doesn't set the yardage record. But since 2000, it is just the third time that Syracuse has been flagged more than 15 times in a game. So it obviously didn't kill the Orange in a game they won by 24 points. But 18 penalties is not going to fly against some of the better teams in the ACC. Especially with Purdue coming up in two weeks. With Virginia coming up the week after that. A team that looked awfully good today, by the way. And then later on this season with four teams consecutively that are ranked in the preseason poll in NC State, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Pitt. You cannot rack up that amount of penalties. I'm sorry, but you just can't do it. And the irritating thing for me, the discouraging thing for me, is that Syracuse is still accumulating that number of penalties, that high a number, in year seven under Dino Babers. I mean, Syracuse set the program record for penalties last year with 16 against UAlbany, against an FCS team. So consecutive years, you're setting that record in year six and seven under a head coach. There's a lot of good things that Dino Babers can smile about tonight, but he has got to get his team to be a little bit more disciplined, and especially on the offensive end. I think if you're going to give him any benefit of the doubt tonight, it's because Syracuse was running the new offense for the first time today. You're bound to have some glitches. You're bound to have guys thinking too much and and jumping for false starts, which they had a lot of. I would wager, although we don't have the, the data, that if you go back and look at the 18 penalties, most of them, a majority of them were motion. Syracuse's defense really did not have a lot of problems. No bad P.I. calls, no offsides that really hurt them. It was a lot of just motion, delay of game, getting themselves organized, so... A lot of penalties, but you figure that's not going to happen every game. There was a lot of good that happened on the offensive end tonight anyway. And then the only other really bad thing that I have tonight for Syracuse was the long touchdown run they gave up to Louisville's Tyon Evans. The running back for UL broke that 36-yarder early on in the game. I would say it was really the only time in the game where I was a little bit worried. The Syracuse got up 10 to nothing. They were riding good energy in the Dome. And then Louisville responded right away with that drive capped off by the long run. And we all know that Syracuse's weak spot, at least early, is going to be that defensive line. So you know teams are going to be pounding the rock. And to see that happen, a long touchdown run like that, you kind of said, uh-oh, oh no. You know, I, I hope this isn't a harbinger of thing to come with, with Malik Cunningham in this game. But fortunately it wasn't. You just have to keep in mind with Syracuse playing UConn, a team next week that last year I know was 1-11, and right now I know is 1-1 with a loss to Utah State and with a win against Central Connecticut State. You think, oh, it's going to be a pushover. But UConn has a really good running back by the name of Nathan Carter. Syracuse is going to have to look out for that next week. You know, UConn could put up a little bit of a battle at first if they really pound the football if they run it with Carter, and they keep that game under control. You know, those Huskies gave Utah State a pretty good scare in week one. So 
Syracuse cannot just plan to show up and win that game. They're going to have to put on the same performance that they did tonight. All right, just wrapping things up here on the Twitter space. It is late at night. I am well aware of that fact, but I'm sure you all are still kind of basking in the glow of a very, very solid opening day win for Syracuse. 31-7, to again, the final score over Louisville, and a final rehash over a couple statistics. On the day, Garrett Schrader, 18 of 25, 237, and two touchdowns. Sean Tucker caught six passes in this game, by the way, six for 85. Also caught a 55-yard touchdown after just 22-0 receptions a year ago in Sterling Gilbert's offense. Devon Cooper was the leading wideout for Syracuse today, four catches for 60 yards, no touchdowns. On the rushing side, Sean Tucker, 21 carries for 98 net yards, almost a 100-yard day. He had plenty of those last year. And also a touchdown. Meanwhile, Garrett Schrader, 16 carries for 95. Very, very balanced stuff from Robert and I's offense today. Syracuse had 40 running plays in this game and 26 pass plays. So throughout the game, mostly balanced. And my final thought in this call, anybody else, feel free to speak up or forever hold your peace. It's that the ramifications of a Syracuse win mean dot 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 and for me a win means that this team could very well start at minimum three and two probably four and one maybe five and oh if they dare to dream if things go right if a couple breaks go their way you can pencil in wins at least in my opinion against UConn and of course against Wagner College in the October 1st game right before the bye week Purdue and Virginia are both very solid teams, but they both have to come to the Dome, and neither one has a quarterback like Malik Cunningham. So, to me, there's your kicker. Syracuse has a win in its pocket that could very well mean quite a bit by the time the season is over. We were kind of scratching our heads thinking about where a surprise game was going to come from. Syracuse has some games that look like layups on paper. But if SU is gunning for a bowl by the end of this year, this win against Louisville can only help them. 31-7 against the Cardinals team that has pretty much just kicked them to the curb seven of the last eight years. But now make that seven of the last nine because Syracuse got the last laugh tonight against the Cardinals and Malik Cunningham, 31-7. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us in this Twitter space. Hope you enjoyed the game. Hope you enjoyed our Orange Fizz coverage and this space. Just a reminder for those of you who have stuck around, and I thank you for doing so, that after every Syracuse game this year, whoever's covering the game for orangefizz.net is going to have a Twitter space similar to this. We hope one of you speaks up next time. We'll be glad to hear from you, our fellow SU fans who watch this team and enjoy watching the Orange. But for now, that's going to do it for us in this space. We'll see you next week when the Orange travel to Rentschler Field to take on the Yukon Huskies.